0: Hi, my name is David Siegler, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, everybody, welcome to this episode of Property Sourcing Profits, the number one podcast wherever you are. If you're sourcing property for profit, if you're sourcing deals, if you're packaging, whatever you're doing in property, this is the podcast for you. And today I am dealing with a burning question. Burning question, I was speaking with one of my mentees yesterday afternoon, who's new, very new to deal packaging, sourcing deals, selling them to investors, and uh, we got into what assets do you need, what assets do you need to start packaging deals, Uh, and there's a whole list of them, we got through a whole list, I thought I would share it with you, If you're new to deal packaging, or maybe even if you're doing some deal packaging, I can see we've got some deal packaging friends watching out there in Progressive Land. So if you're new to deal packaging, this is going to be really, really helpful. I'm going to run through a few of the basics and see if this will help you. So number one, top of the shop. Uh, I'm not going to deal with compliance in this, okay? I've done podcast episodes where I've deep dived, deep doved into compliance. I'm not going to deal with compliance in this today. So I'm going to talk about property assets. What do you need? So the, the question was, David, you know, I'm new. I haven't got any assets. What property, you know, do you mean, what do you mean by assets? Do you mean houses? Do you mean flat? What do you mean? Okay, that is not what I mean. You need assets that will allow your investors to invest in your deals as painlessly and as hands-free as possible. I think that's really, really important. So the assets that you need basically are people. So uh, what people do I need, David? Here's the people that you need. You need really solid solicitors who are trade solicitors or property solicitors who hopefully, the first choice would be property investors themselves, uh, and then they can help your investors uh, invest because they know what it is that you want. So find yourself, I would suggest, two, two trade solicitors who can help your investors um, who understand the concept of what we're doing and can just ease the process rather than making it more difficult. Okay, uh, so solicitors right you need brokers bro these are key they're absolutely key because in my experience i try i try to only work with cash rich investors in my world that's what i do um i work i try and work with cash rich investors and the reason i do it guys is because it's easier for me you know i don't have to wait for lenders to get on board to get um surveyors on site to do down valuations, uh, then you've got to go back to the investor and say, oh, you know you're going to leave 15 grand in the deal, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor. Actually, you're going to have to leave 30 in. How do you feel about that? That's always a difficult conversation to have, right? So um, you need brokers who can deliver, buy-to-let brokers and also commercial brokers if you are getting involved in HMOs, uh, serviced accommodation, or convert or, or, or commercial buildings. In fact, here's the truth of it: you can use commercial brokers for buy-to-let. You know, there's no law that says it has to be a buy-to-let mortgage. You cannot proceed unless you have a buy-to-let mortgage. No, no, no. You can do it with commercial. The last two buy-to-let uh, purchases I made were with commercial loans. What did that mean? It meant that I had to put a slightly higher deposit in. I did. Uh, But it also meant that the process was so much easier because I had an existing relationship with the lender and they were happy to lend because they understood what I wanted. And if you've got commercial broker, they can ease the way. Uh, In the old days, I used to do it on buy-to-let mortgages. I would go to whoever had the lowest rates, uh, which meant that I went to a whole load of different buy-to-let lenders. If I did that today, it would be a problem uh, because each buy-to-let lender, even if you go through a broker, they've got a, like an application form about that that thick, right? And you've got to fill it all in, and life's too short, and I can't be bothered to fill it all in. But this is just me, okay? So if you're finding investors who want to buy mortgages, right, you've got to have decent buy-to-let mortgage, uh, mortgage brokers, um, and you've got to have commercial brokers. You've got to, got to, got to. Okay, so we've got solicitors on board, we've got brokers on board. And how do you find these people, David? Come on, tell me how you find them. It's all right for you, you've been doing it a long time, you've got these people, how do you find them? You just ask, ask in the community, um, ask other deal packages, ask people that you're working with, ask, and um, you'll get the answer, okay? And uh, you even get really generous people who say, I tried XYZ, and they were okay, but they were a bit slow, why don't you try A, B, C? That works, right? So just ask, go out into the fabulous progressive community, 25,000 uh, property investors, would-be property investors out in that forum. They will know. If you want a solicitor and you ask them, they will know. If you want the best broker and you ask them, they will know. So that's really, really cool. Okay, so we've got solicitors on board. We've got brokers on board. What else are you going to need? You are going to need some sort of support from builders you are you're going to have to find builders even and, and I would at the beginning suggest not taking on any really big back to brick development type building projects for your investors I wouldn't do that let's just start with a nice gentle single let and uh, maybe a bit of titivating you know maybe that's what it needs titivating um, you know a nice cosmetic overhaul coat of paint right, maybe uh, some, uh, a new flooring here and there, maybe, maybe that sort of thing. Uh, so you want an odd job man, right, and you want a builder you can trust who can do maybe the bigger stuff. Where do you find people like that? Where do you find builders, David? Okay, if you can't get a recommendation, I'll tell you where I found the best plumber in the Northern Hemisphere. I did. Shout out to Jerome Williams there. Um, the best... <laughs> best plumber in the northern i found him on checker trade i know pretty obvious right um checker trade so uh he had about a hundred reviews that most of them almost all of them were five star i thought this is a plumber that knows um his stop cock from um whatever else he was mending at the time shower unit (laughs) and um he came in and he tore one of my properties apart and um He put it all back together again. So why don't we start there? So I am now going to pause. Here's the thing. Those of you watching in the progressive community on live, I'm going to cut you off now. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope the little bit that you will have gleaned from this episode will be useful. But at the same time, I'm going to go on with the podcast recording, and I'm going to talk about, if you're just starting out, what do you need? The essentials, the essentials, okay? So, progressive property people, thank you so much for watch it, watching. I will see you very soon. Okay, property podcast profiteers, let's move forward. So, we've spoken about some of the team you need to be involved if you're just starting out as a deal packager. What in practice do you actually need? So, here's what you need. We've covered brokers, absolutely key to your success. We've covered solicitors, right? Your investors are going to need property solicitors who know their stuff. And we've covered builders with just an objob guy for a leaky tap or uh, you know, a big builder for a major back-to-brick, six-bed HMO, all-en-suite type uh, refurbishment, right? Uh, so you need that. What else do you need? You need accountants. You need an accountant right? So you've got to set up your business to serve you, your style of trading. How are you going to trade? Are you going to trade as a, as a sole trader, packaging deals? I've done that. I'm currently doing that as well. Are you going to trade in a limited company? Are you going to trade in an LLP? Here's the important thing. Go and get some advice before you start. Go and talk to an accountant. Uh, And the reason I have to couch it in these terms is you're any, I don't know who's listening to this, right? You're all in various states of uh, sophistication in terms of your business development is concerned. Some of you might be really new at the beginning. Some of you may have uh, many businesses in place, but you're new to property and you're new to deal packaging. So I don't want to impact on what you've already got in place. Go and see an accountant. Go and see your accountant. Go and see a good accountant. Again, if you want a good property accountant, Put the shout out in the progressive property community. Uh, You will get recommendations of people who walk the walk and can talk the talk, okay? So you've got an accountant, you've got your trading style, you've got solicitors, you've got builders, you've got brokers, how cool. What do we think about now? Now, this is when we have to start talking about geography because certain strategies work better in some parts of the country than they do in the other. At the same time, in the other part of the country where the original strategies might not work so well, there are other strategies that work really, really, really well. Uh, So what do you mean, David? Why don't you just share it in English? Okay, this is what I mean. Let's start with single let buy to lets. There is still a massive market out there for single let buy to lets. People want them. People um, will invest in them and... um, I think about 6 out of 10 of any deals that we're doing at the moment are single lets. So it's still the majority of deals that we do. The other 4 out of 10 are split across all the other strategies. So you can see single lets are still way ahead of any other strategy in our sourcing business. Now, here's the thing about single lets. In order to sell a single let, you have got to get a gross yield of approaching double digits, for an investor to get excited about that what do i mean by gross yield ah if you want to check it up go and have a look at other podcast episodes just for the purpose of this episode gross yield is the total annual rent roll divided by the total cost of acquisition right they're both gross figures And you finish up with the yield, which is the return expressed as a percentage if you divide one by the other. And if you can get to 10%, you are going to sell that deal. Because people appreciate, investors appreciate, um, what a solid investment, a double-digit return is on a property investment for a single-let family. Okay? So that's really, really important. Now, many of you will be listening to this inside the UK. United Kingdom, where um, in most of the UK, in my experience, over the last 10 years, we have had growth in terms of the capital investment required to buy a property, but the rents have not kept up with the capital growth. So I'm sitting here saying you need a 10% return, right? And you're going to find where you live that the gross yields are working out around 6 7%. And to be honest, they're not as attractive. Might be great houses, right? Might be in really nice areas, never going to hurt anyone. Six to 7% probably is not going to get the juices flowing in your investor's um, heart. So what do we do? Okay, there's two or three things here. Too many times I have had new people, new people to, and this this episode is about new people and starting out. They're starting out, they go and look at a couple of uh, properties for, on a single-let basis, 6 7% gross yield, can't sell them. Oh, David, it doesn't work where I, I am. No, 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 it does work, okay. Two or three things about that. First of all, number one, you've got to find a better deal. I know, I said that out loud. Uh, I'm pointing my finger at you, right? You have to go and find a better deal, right? You cannot expect to walk into an estate agent day one and find a 10% gross yield uh, property if you're working on Kensington High Street. That is not going to work. If you're in Mayfair, if you're in the city centre of any great city in the UK, it is, you're not going to get a double digit return. You're not. So we have to find another way. But it, it may well be that in, in most of the United Kingdom, leaving London and the Southeast out of this for the moment, most of the United Kingdom, if you try a bit harder... If you dig a bit deeper, if you build relationships a bit deeper, if you keep trying and keep trying and keep trying again, you will find properties that on a single-let basis will yield eight and a half, nine percent 9%, 9.5%. you are getting very close to the um, grail of 10%, right? Ten percent. If 10% is what you're looking for. Can you sell a 9% in the right part of the country? Of course you can. If you can also point out that over the last 10, 15, 20 years, there is a pattern of continued capital growth, then that's going to make it a lot easier to sell to your investor as well. So, number one, gross yield at approaching double digits is what you need. If you don't find it in the first three houses you look at, please don't stop. Get out there, build your uh, relationships with estate agents, with your vendors, however you are marketing for these properties, right? Right. Put yourself out there and find a better deal. Now, what if there isn't a better deal? What if you can't find a single let that produces near to double digits? There are sort of pretty big areas of the country that you can't find double digits. If you're working in the southeast, if you're working in London for sure, you know, I'm speaking virtually a foreign language to you, talking about double digits. So how are we going to get the double digit return if you're brand new and starting out? If you're brand new and starting out, we've got to find a way to add value. So I was speaking to a mentee who's based in London just yesterday. And here are things that I see from my mentees, right? People that are working today, strategies that are working today in London and the Southeast. This is what I see. Number one, flats. Flats, not in uh, so much in purpose-built blocks of flats, but I'm talking about Georgian, Edwardian, maybe Victorian properties that over the years have been converted to flats, okay? Uh, They are originally grand houses. And I've got friends who specialize in London In looking at these flats that are maybe a studio flat, maybe on the third floor, just below the roof space, okay? Uh, And they can turn the studio into a one-bedder just by uh, rejigging the floor plan, right? Or they can turn a one-bedder into two-bedder, right? They're they're adding value by rejigging stud walls about inside the flat, okay? The thing is... In certain parts of London, if you turn a one-bedder into a two-bedder, you're probably adding £100,000 to the value of the flat. And if you target in particular flats in that age building, these are not purpose-built flats, right? But in that age, conversions of that age that are on the third floor usually, which is the floor immediately below the roof space, you have to, have to, have to study the lease of the uh, the 99-year lease, the 125-year lease, whatever lease it is. Study the lease that the property owner has because it may give you access to the roof space above and it may include some of the roof space in the demise in your lease. That means you can go up. That means you've got the potential to play around with a floor plan and include uh, the area in the roof space. Uh, I've also seen this in uh, semi-detached houses semi-detached houses are from 1930s onwards that have been turned into flats so you get instead of one front door at the front you they've made that into a double front door and the one on the left or the right depending which way round the house semi is uh the one on one side door on one side goes into the ground floor flat and the door on the other side goes straight up the stairs okay to the flat upstairs when you find the, the door that goes straight upstairs to the flat upstairs have a look at the lease of that flat because it may well include the roof space above i have been uh into flats like that that are uh, have got huge roof space and they've made it into uh, a fantastic area where you might get an extra bedroom and ensuite sometimes even another room uh maybe a little uh, lounge area something like that so adding significant value have a look floor plans floor plans are the key if you're looking for property don't go charging out looking at property have a look on right or zoopla or whatever and have a look at floor plans right moving on number two this is what i see working in london today without a shadow of a doubt assisted sales are working in London today now assisted sales are quite a technical uh, strategy you you need to know what you're doing and you need to know how to do it and I might do a separate episode on this but assisted I'm going to give you the principle of assisted sale and and so that you understand what it is I'm talking about and then uh, absolutely confirm to you that this is working in London today. OK, so the principle of an assisted sale is we're looking at uh, a property that has been on the market with an estate agent, continues to be on the market with an estate agent, hasn't sold. It's sort of the old chestnut, the ugly duckling in the estate agent's office. Everyone's fed up with it and embarrassed to show it to people, etc., etc. because the vendor wants too much money for it. Uh, and now gets to the point where they're starting to cut their expectations on the price. So they're cutting the price, right? And they cut the price again, still not going. So, the, what the assisted sale is normally you might look at this uh, uh, building, uh, it could be a house, could be a flat, could be anything, and think, do you know what? Uh, that might work as a flip because if we bought it at that price that it's being offered for now, and we, we did what was required, just a cosmetic uplift, we don't want to spend a fortune on it, uh, and then we're going to make it from the worst property in the street to the best property in the street, and there's a handsome profit there on the basis of a flip. Okay, um, Flips are, in my experience, certainly in and around the southeast and London, flips are problemsome in the sense that You've got to add add a huge amount of value um, because you've now got to cover. Well, basically, the difference is the uplift in stamp duty. If if you're going to do a flip, you've got to buy the property. So you've got to put finance in place, everything in place to buy the property, including the 3% um, surcharge on stamp duty, which uh, we all have to pay as property investors. And that can kill a flip. What can bring, uh, breathe life back into that deal is if you don't flip it, but you do an assisted sale. What's an assisted sale? Okay, in layman's terms, instead of buying the property, doing it up and selling it on for a property uh, for a profit, what you do is you don't buy the property. you do it up and you sell it on for a, prop- for a profit. So, um, the bare bones of it, technically, and I really don't want to get too deep into this, because this is for beginners, okay? This is an episode for beginners. If you're starting out, what's going to work where you are, okay? But the the, the nuts and bolts of it sufficient for this episode are... What you're doing is you're taking control of the property. Uh, you've got an option to buy, which uh, you can sign on to the ultimate purchaser. So it's got to be assignable, an assignable option. Uh, you need a good property solicitor to put the right agreement in place okay, for this. Um, It's a win-win-win here because what you're going to find is that the vendor is getting frustrated and down because they can't sell their property. They sell their property at the most recently agreed price. You can add value and you can still sell that property on uh, a a slight advantage to the market. You know, we're not going to push the boundaries, push the ceiling prices. Of the property we're going to let somebody earn some money uh, who's buying the thing right because you want to move it out quickly and you're going to get a margin of the amount of money that the purchaser is prepared to spend on the property and what the vendor is prepared to receive now it's quite a technical strategy Uh, But I have one or two young friends in London who are doing this today, and you need really good solicitors, really good solicitors who understand it to get the thing done. But, you know, we've already dealt with that in this episode. So um, what is interesting about the assisted sale in London today is that increasingly estate agents are interested in listening to it, listening to the proposal. Now, I genuinely believe that two, three years ago, they, they wouldn't even have listened. But now they're not only listening, they are anxious to participate and to learn exactly what this is all about, right? So uh, assisted sales work, assisted sales work in London. Um, there is a significant profit. So these are not five grand fees, eight grand fees, 10 grand fees, right? They are what, the way I would structure it is I would... Get a joint venture partner or an investor, deal packages, an investor to fund the um, refurbishment that you're going to do. You're going to smarten it up. You're going to get the builder that you've found who is a little bit more than an odd job man, but this isn't a major build. Don't start rebuilding people's houses, right? This is cosmetic upgrade throughout, just cosmetic. Uh, but you're going to spend a few thousand pounds. You are on this. So there is a, an element of risk. So get investor money in, the investor will take the risk. And when the profit comes out at the end, you split the, the profit with the investor. So it's really a no money down deal for you, the deal packager. Your investor is happy because they've made some money day one without having to go through the process of buying a house and getting the mortgage and all that malarkey, okay? The vendor's happy because they got rid of a troubled property and the estate agent's happy because he's earned possibly two fees he's earned a fee from you and he's earned a fee from the ultimate uh purchaser so he's sold the house twice in effect right and he's ready to work with you again so it's a really really great strategy if you're working in London in the southeast the challenge of course is to find the right sort of property that this is going to work on and not everyone will go with an assisted sale so uh, you're in the southeast and you're looking to earn big chunks of money you're going to have to work a little bit harder than maybe someone in the northeast who has got single lets at 50 grand that on the face of it the gross yield is 12 percent you can't do that Right, You're in the Southeast, but you can do an assisted sale where the profit is 80, 90, 100 grand over a very short period, maybe six to nine months. And you can earn yourself 30, 40, 50 grand, depending on what your split is with the joint venture partner or the investor, right? Just by doing one deal, okay? So if you do three, four assisted sales a year, uh, plus a couple of flat conversions, right? Um, you are on your way. So we have to think a little bit differently. That is what I wanted to... That was the point I wanted to make, or one point I wanted to make in this episode today. So if you're new, it's great, because you've got to get a power team to, to around you that works. If you're new, it's also great, but you have to work out the right strategies for you. The right strategies for you in your locale, wherever you're working, what is going to work in your town, your city today um, in order that you can earn cash uh, as a deal packager. I hope that this has helped. I suspect it's raised uh, a lot of questions. Uh, What I will do is I too am going to have a listen back to this. I'm going to pick out the key things that I think need expanding upon and in later episodes, I'm going to talk about assisted sales. I'm going to talk about again reminding you about yields and returns. I'm going to talk about the flat thing turning a one better into a two better, two better into a three better, studio into what, whatever. Okay, I'm going to talk about all of that sort of thing as to where you can find them and what due diligence you need to know. Um. I want to thank you for listening. I hope this has been helpful. If you're just starting out, now is the time. I haven't felt as enthusiastic about our business, what we do, for some years. Because we are finally, whatever the reason, and I'm not getting into the external reasons, political reasons why this is happening, we are going to be operating over the next couple of years in a falling market. That is my gut feeling. Right. We haven't worked in a falling market really since 2010, right? Some 9 years now. It's we've had to work in a rising market. There are some deal packages out there who have never worked in a falling market. I have worked in a falling market. I am telling you deal packages, we make our best money in a falling market. Right? And and I'll do more episodes on this going forward when I explain exactly what I mean. But if the market is going to have a correction, if the market prices are going to fall back a bit, um, this is the best time for us, and it, because it's the best time for investors to invest. you know I, I've heard three times in the last I don't know ten days, maybe a fortnight that they've uh, somebody I was talking to their friends are putting together their cash war chest, waiting for the prices to fall so that they can all pile in and buy. Yeah. That's how people think, and that's what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, if you're packaging, if you're good, if you're sourcing, and you're good at sourcing and good at packaging, and you get the right deals for the right people, you're going to earn a lot of money in 2019, 2020, 2021. The party's about to start. Start team. Now is the time to learn everything you need to know about sourcing and packaging deals stay with us team you get i've got loads of more uh fantastic information for you in episodes going forward um i know we're going to sell all of them it's going to be great thank you for listening i am david siegler see you on the next episode